listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or the World Watch List, you can visit our website at opendoorscanada.org. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the World Watch Weekly Podcast and happy International Women's Day 2023. Every year at Open Doors, we look forward to this opportunity to celebrate our sisters around the world who proclaim the name of Jesus so fearlessly and resiliently. Yeah, we want to take the opportunity today to highlight something very important in the work of Open Doors, which is the way that Christian persecution around the world can impact women disproportionately. Mm -hmm. So for today's podcast, what we're going to do is discuss the experiences of Christian women uh, with a particular emphasis on the Middle East and North Africa and how persecution can have a, a gendered lens. Um, a lot of this information is taken from the 2023 Gendered Persecution Report, which you can find on our website at opendoorscanada.org slash gendered persecution. Uh, we'll make sure there's a link for that in the description. But this is a lot of really uh, up-to-date and new research about yeah. how women experience persecution differently than men do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that report has actually just been released, so we highly yeah. encourage you to check it out. So to properly explain the realities of gender persecution, we're going to be telling the story of Sahar from Iran. Mm -hmm. uh, she encapsulates the web of interconnected pressure that women face. And Jared will explain what that means a little bit. Yeah, so uh, in, in this particular part of the world that Sahar is from, the Middle East, North Africa area, uh, the metaphor of a web is really good because there's all of these different uh, 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 filaments of persecution mm -hmm. that all come together to create a uh, trap of pressure around women. Um, so this could be uh, her gender, uh, her faith, the societal and cultural norms, the legal restrictions about women in, in her home country. Mm -hmm. All of this just creates a tangle of vulnerabilities surrounding Christian women like Sahar, whose story we're going to hear. Yeah. So this web of pressure was what Sahar faced, just like yeah. Jared said. And this web threatened to overwhelm her determination to choose her own faith, to choose to follow Jesus for herself. And uh, Sahar's story is interesting because she, she, it seems like she had it all to begin with. She has a loving husband, she had two beautiful children, no financial concerns. But by choosing to turn away from Islam and to follow Jesus, um, she knew that she could potentially lose all of those things. And she knew that she would face the same dangers that many women that convert from Islam to Christianity also face. So there was the threat of losing her home, losing her husband, her children, um, her stability and dignity. And this is all reinforced at by the lack of rights that she has as a woman. And of course, this is also very mentally and emotionally tolling as well. Yeah, you see, like in, in the Middle East, North Africa region, there's this myriad of factors that shapes uh, the Christian experience of, of gendered persecution. Yeah. So for Sahar, who is a Christian with a Muslim background, she is particularly vulnerable. See, mm -hmm. uh, 
Sahar has no legal right in Iran to freedom of religion in the first place. And then as a married woman,、mm. she's subjected to these various ways that her husband is able to pressure her to renounce her newfound faith. Because、um, sadly, the existing laws there don't protect women against domestic violence or domestic、right. abuse. And so、uh, she had no sanctuary from the possibility of,、uh, of crushing pressure, metaphorically or literally,、uh, from her husband、yeah. because of her faith. Yeah, so like Jared said, her lack of legal rights in her marriage could become a means for her husband to pressure her to renounce her faith and return to Islam. And she says this about her situation There was a realistic possibility of divorce, and surely my children would have been taken away because of me being an ex Muslim. They would not have let me even see them. Because all my rights would have been taken away from me as a convert. So, like she says, it would have been very easy for her husband to divorce her, and this would actually force her to have to return to her parents' home under a vast burden of shame. And this idea is very important、uh, culturally to remember the idea of honor and shame, because returning to her parents' home would mean a loss of dignity、um, within her community. And it,、um, the threat of divorce would mean the threat of losing her economic and social stability. So there's a lot of consequences to the divorce. Well, and the risks of that are like they're not small because、yeah. as a woman in Iran,、uh, Sahar didn't have,、um, she, didn't, she had more life threatening implications than a man would in the same situation because、mm-hmm. uh, a man. In the case of a divorce, like we're talking about, a man would have the opportunity, for instance, to live with a roommate,、yeah. uh, to, to live on his own. And for women, that would have been considered an anomaly,、mm-hmm. uh, an immoral lifestyle to not live with her parents or her husband.、Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the, the freedom that Sahar had is, is on a much lower level than the freedom that a man might have in the same situation. And even if she was to live on her own and ha- kind of have that sort of side eye because、mm-hmm. of it, Um, there would have been other problems that were created, like、mm-hmm. uh, neighbors might have seen that as an opportunity for, for sexual relationships with her, or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, unfortunately, these dynamics are experienced by women, Christian women, all across the majority of the Muslim world.、Yeah. Women and girls face lots of consequences when they. Uh, convert to Christianity. And some of those are there are attempts to control their marital status by their families,、uh, communities, and the government.、Uh, if women converts are married, there is the pressure of forced divorce、um, that could happen. And if the woman is single,、um, she could be pressured by forced marriage,、um, which is also an immediate response to conversion.、Mm-hmm. And because of all that, Sahar, when faced with this experience, felt、uh, undervalued. She felt fearful.、Mm-hmm. Um, I have a quote from her.、Mm-hmm. Um, she said, I only realized where that, being the fear, came from later. I had the luck to grow up in a family that valued boys and girls equally, but everything in society, every law, and every interaction pointed in a different direction. In Islamic Iranian society, women and girls are seen as less smart. Less valuable and not capable of making decisions.、Mm-hmm. So, this is where gendered persecution really、uh, enters the、yeah. picture here. So, for men in Iran, persecution most commonly looks like being forced out of their home.、Um, their families might reject them for their faith, they might 
uh, cut off support to them. Um, but men still have this sense of freedom and they have the ability to exist independently. And women just don't have that. They can't exist independently. So for Sahar, she, of course, knows all these things and it adds to the pressure. There's not just pressure within her marriage to renounce her faith and return to Islam. It's, it's coming from outside her marriage as well. Yeah. And in Sahar's case, all of these, uh, all of these different elements of persecution, the web eventually came and, uh, and constricted around her when her mm -hmm. husband discovered her new religion. Uh, he threatened her, he became furious, ended up kicking her out of her own home. Yeah. Uh, Sahar, once again, a quote, she says, my pride was broken. I felt that everything was taken away from me. I didn't do anything wrong. I wasn't a criminal. I just believed in Christ. Yeah. So Sahar, even though she faced this, this such a horrible situation, um, she was fortunate in the sense that she had an opportunity that a lot of women don't. Mm -hmm. And that is that when her husband kicked her out of her home, she was able to go back to her parents who shielded her and who still valued her and were willing to be a safe haven for her. But many women are not so lucky. They don't yeah. have this opportunity. Controlling the movement of female Christians is a particular risk for those who have converted from Islam. Families use house arrest again as punishment, um, often alongside cases of physical domestic violence. And it's also used to prevent uh, women from meeting each other and bringing shame on the family in the point of view of the family. Mm -hmm. And it's also worth noting that um, one uh, one way that her husband kind of pressured her or um, persecuted her uh, was by cutting off access to her children. Like yeah. when he kicked her out of her home, she wasn't allowed to interact with or speak to her children. Yeah. Again, for fear of shame for bringing this Christian faith in, into their household. Yeah. Now, there's actually kind of a happy ending mm -hmm. to Sahar's story. Yes. So thankfully, uh, even though her husband disliked her faith, Eventually, he did invite Sahar back yeah. to their home and they began to slowly rebuild their relationship despite the, the tensions uh, that occurred because of her new faith. Um, but even though that is a good ending in a sense, the persecution didn't just end there, of Yes, course. so we've talked about this web of persecution and yeah. vulnerabilities that face women. And mm -hmm. so this one thread, which was her, her home life and... Mm -hmm. um, domestic persecution that had a happy ending yeah the existing cultural and societal norms and legal restrictions did not yeah and what eventually happened was sahar was imprisoned yeah for her faith because of she had no legal right to religious freedom yeah so sahar was imprisoned and after she was released there was still the threat of long imprisonment Further, yeah. so her and her family her children her husband um they had to flee the country. And so now they live in Turkey and Sahar is able to fulfill this promise that she made to God to uh, work with uh, new believing women from a Muslim background. She's able to minister to them. And many of these women are actually in even more difficult mm -hmm. situations than Sahar herself faced. Mm -hmm. You see, um, to, to wrap this all up, uh, in Iran, their persecution exists in a web of different ways for both genders. There's, there's danger for both men and women. Um, uh, converting to Christianity can mean 
being uh, kicked out of the home by your family. It can mean lack of economic opportunities, job opportunities, all that. Yeah. But because of the vulnerable status of women already in Iran, there's this extra layer of vulnerability um, added to the web of persecution because of their vulnerability, their gender, and all these other things, societal mm -hmm. conventions, familial expectations, legal restrictions. Um, all of this, particularly in Middle East and North Africa, like we've been talking about, all of this is spun around in this web that just constricts the lives of Christian women, yeah. pressuring them to conform to religious norms in their particular situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so generally women face a greater variety of persecution types than men, and this reflects on the complexity of persecution that women face. According to Open Doors research, a man faces an average of 5.9 different types of persecution per country in the Middle East and North Africa. But compare that to the 9.7 different pressure types that women face. So experiencing a lower number of pressure points, of course, doesn't mean that men necessarily experience less persecution. We're not trying to minimize that, but what we are focusing on is the complexity yeah. of persecution that women face. There's just more variety and more types of persecution that women face. Yeah, all these layers of vulnerability just yeah. stacked on top of each other for our sisters. You see, as Christians, understanding these, these layers of persecution, these webs of persecution, helps us to understand why it's important to be standing with our sisters who mm -hmm. are, are following Jesus where faith costs them. And Sahara is just one example of, of millions of women who are choosing to follow Jesus despite all the dangers that come at them. Yeah, yeah uh, sure. I hope Sahara's story is as inspiring to you as it is to us. Um, why don't we close in prayer and just thank God for Sahara and pray for her and for all of our other persecuted sisters around the world. Yeah. Let me pray. Uh, God, we come before you today thanking you on this International Women's Day for um, just the, uh, the incredible testimony of our sisters around the world. We thank you for the grand tradition in the Christian faith of women who have uh, chosen to follow you, uh, going all the way back in the Bible to names like Deborah and Esther and um, mm -hmm. into the New Testament, like, like Mary, your own mother, and Mary Magdalene, and even church leaders like Phoebe and Junia. Um, and then all throughout history, Lord, a, a grand tradition of women following you and boldly proclaiming your name mm -hmm. all the way into 2023, where we uh, thank you for people like Sahar who are choosing to follow you despite the danger. Lord, we pray that uh, Sahar would be protected in her new ministry in Turkey, uh, mm -hmm. that her family, uh, even though they don't know you, that they would be inspired by her testimony and that uh, they would begin to wonder just what it is that gives Sahar this courage and this peace. We pray that their hearts would be changed and that uh, all of these women in Turkey that Sahar is ministering to would also be strengthened. Lord, that there would be beautiful fruit uh, sprung from, from the seeds of this work. Lord, we pray for all of our sisters around the world who are, uh, who are choosing every single day to follow Jesus despite uh, their faith costing them, uh, Lord, in the Middle East, in North Africa, as well as um, in Southeast Asia and some other places where there's particular pressure against women. Lord, I pray that you would protect your daughters, give them strength despite the vulnerabilities that they face. Uh, Lord, help them to know that you are close and that you love them. Uh, thank you, Lord, for the inspiring stories of faith that they give us. And so all of this we bring before you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Well, thank you so much for listening and for praying with us. And uh, happy International Women's Day to you. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode of the World Watch Weekly Podcast. So we'll see you then. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure to subscribe. And to find more ways that you can be praying for Christians where faith costs the most, follow us on social media at Open Doors Canada or visit our website, opendoorscanada.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you.